Okay, we'd like to welcome you to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for February 10th, 2008. And this next thing we're going to be talking about can be entitled The Scandal of Christian Ghostwriting. And this is from some research that Tex Mars has put together. And uh, I was able to confirm a lot of this as well. You just do some keyword searches on the internet and it's pretty apparent. And this article starts out by saying readers pay exorbitant prices for books of Christian superstars, never knowing that the volumes are actually written by some no-name ghostwriter. Among the big names pulling this stunt are Hal Lindsey, Chuck Colson, Jim Baker, Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, Benny Hinn, John Ankenberg, Hank Hanegraaff, David Jeremiah, and Jerry Falwell. Did you understand what I'm saying here? These people are going and buying their books for books of these supposed Christian superstars and they never even wrote them. They're written by what they call ghostwriters. Now I'm not saying they never contributed in any way, shape, or form. But they did not write them. And we're going to see how far this actually goes here. This article goes on to say, Are some of the most cherished books in your personal Christian library written by ghostwriters? some of whom may be homosexuals, atheists, and even New Agers. Before you answer no, please read this article very carefully. A tragic and disreputable hoax is being perpetuated on unsuspecting Christians, and you might be one of the chief victims. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, he shall also reap. This is why the Bible also said, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departeth from the Lord. In Jeremiah 17.5. You don't trust in man, you trust in the Word of God. Okay, And this is why I've never been really big on reading a lot of these books that are out there. Um, you know, this just confirms it to me. Now, the Reverend Mel White is a homosexual activist who lives with his male lover, Gary, Gary Nixon, in Dallas, Texas. Mel White says, I am gay, I am proud, and God loves me without reservation. Oh, I'm glad he's speaking on behalf of God. Well, the people say, yeah, but, but this and that. Well, God talks about hate, too. He hates sin. also says, you know, I hate Esau. God said that. David said, I, I hate them with a perfect hatred. Now, I'm not saying we should go around hating our hearts, and hating this and hating that. But I'm saying there's certain things that God does hate. And sodomy and homosexuality are one of the chief things that are always the precursor to God's judgment. Just look at the last study we did on Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? Now, God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. That's what the Bible says. And it's His will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. But does that usually happen? No. Why? Because the Bible says, Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Okay, those are God's rules. They're not mine. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of reiterate that. But he says, I am gay, I am proud, and God loves me without reservation. White recently told David Cocker, a New York, a Los Angeles Times reporter, um, that's what he just said to him, that quote, I'm gay and proud, that one. Um, White, who also pastors a militantly gay church, it's a good thing to have on your resume, is also a writer of many Christian books. Great! That's, that's great. And then it says, but though he is the author, his name doesn't appear on the front covers. 
Imagine that. Instead, a Christian celebrity's name appears on each of Mel White's books. But his name's nowhere on it. White is what the book industry fondly calls a ghostwriter. Now, I found out something else about White. In the next article we're going to be talking about, and this really happened by chance, there's an organization called Soul Force that we're going to be talking about, which is this gay act- activism group. And I'm just going to read you the vision statement from Soul Force. Now, let me state this right up front. The founders of Soul Force, which we're going to be talking about in the next study, are guess who? Mel White and Gary Nixon, these two homosexual activists I just talked about. Mel White being the chief Christian ghostwriter. Okay? They took this money that they're procuring, and they started this gay activism group called Soul Force. I went up on their website, and this is their vision statement. Soul Force. The purpose of Soul Force is freedom for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered people from religious and political oppression through the practice of relentless nonviolent resistance. The mission of Soul Force is to cut off homophobia at its source. Religious bigotry. See, the problem is, is in their eyes, the King James Bible is religious bigotry because it condemns homosexuality in many, many, many places. The penalty for homosexuality in the Old Testament was death. Okay? Now, I'm not saying we go around and kill the gay people or anything like that. I'm saying that if you lived in Old Testament times under Levitical law, the penalty was death. Among, many, among a lot of other things that you could have done to get the death penalty. Okay? Um, Sodom and Gomorrah cannot exactly be seen as an endorsement for homosexuality. Can it? Homosexuality is always mentioned in, typically in relation to, to the last thing that happens to a society before God's judgment comes. Okay? So, there's numerous verses we could also cite that I've cited in a lot of the other teachings that I've done regarding homosexuality. So, they're saying that their, their, their mission statement is to cut off homophobia at source, religious bigotry, soul force uses a dynamic, quote, take it to the streets style of activism to connect the dots between the anti-gay religious dogma and the resulting attacks on the lives and the civil liberties of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered Americans. Now, this is why I've said, and will keep saying, that in order for these gays to be placated, ultimately they have to ban the Bible. Because the Bible is by them considered hate speech. See, you heard all the hate crime stuff? Well, in order for the all these homosexual, uh, gay, lesbian, transgendered people to have their way, they've got to be in the King James Bible. Now, they'll have their New Age Bibles and things like that. A lot of these other ones are all already so watered down, they don't even condemn this stuff anymore. But, guarantee the King James Bible will have to be banned as hate speech. Uh, and then it goes on in their mission statement, we apply the creative direct action principles taught by Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. to peacefully resist injustice and demand full equality for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered citizens and these same-gendered families. I'm glad they're looking out for us. Now, I found a picture of uh, Mel White and his gay male lover, Gary Dixon. It's right up on their website. And we got Mel White here with his priest collar on, Reverend Mel White. Now, the Bible says call... Only the Father Reverend. Reverend and holy is he. That's what the Bible 
refers to as God. But you got all these guys that go around and they call themselves reverend. That's totally unbiblical. Absolutely, totally unbiblical. Call yourself reverend. The only one reverend in the whole universe is, the, is Father God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. But they call themselves reverend. And not only that, he's got a priest collar on to boot. And he's a militantly gay, and he has his own church. And he's here with his, his, his gay male lover in this picture. That's a real hallmark moment. I'll pass that around. So anyway, ghostwriting is rampant in Christian publishing. The scandalous practice of an unnamed and concealed person ghostwriting a book for a celebrity is rampant in Christian publishing. Virtually all the larger book publishing firms do it. The question is, is the practice of moral dishonest or deceitful? Well, obviously, it is all the above. And think about this. you got this rabid homosexual guy writing, ghostwriting for these books. Do you think there might be a spirit connected with his writings, maybe, when you buy those books? I mean... Who's, who's inspired him to write these books? God? I don't think so. So that's another thing to consider. And then it says, um, after all, the buyers of these books thinks that he or she is getting inspired information direct from the hearts and the pens of men like Billy Graham, Pat Robertson, each of whom has used ghostwriters. The reader pays good money for a beautifully packaged book with the hero's celebrity picture and name on the jacket. Never would the buyer suspect that the book is actually written by a homosexual or an atheist or a new ager, thinking that he or she is taking in digestible spiritual food. The book buyer has no idea. The ghost-written book may contain poisonous and insidious views hostile to Christianity embedded in the text. Uh, homosexual activist Mel White has been an influential behind-the-scenes ghostwriter for many big-name personalities. He's also written speeches for Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, White has also authored at least two of evangelist Jerry Falwell's books, including, unbelievable as it may seem, Falwell's auto, autobiography. <laughs> he wrote his own autobiography. How could another guy write someone else's autobiography? How does that work? He didn't lit... I mean, in order to write an autobiography, you pretty much got to write about your life story, right? How could another guy do that for you? I don't know. I mean, I guess he went and, uh, who knows what he did. But then it says, strength, uh, he wrote Falwell's autobiography, Strength for the Journey. Oh, the good Reverend Falwell. The moral majority preacher was given a $1 million advance by the publisher. Oh, the love of money is the root of all evil. The Reverend Mr. White has been the secret force behind some of Billy Graham's best-known books. So he's wrote for Billy Graham, too. Oh, no, not Billy Graham. Oh, yes. Billy Graham, I've got a whole, um, we've done a whole study on him online. Just key in Billy Graham in the, uh, in the uh, search for the sermons there on my homepage. You'll find it. There's a whole PDF attached to it. All the documentation is there. Then there's that five or six hundred page book that that one particular lady wrote about, Billy Graham and his friends, which is referenced, the whole thing is referenced on all of his pro-homosexual friends, and the, the fact that he's a 33rd degree Mason, the fact that he's he's been in this ecumenical movement for years, how he's cuddled up to the Pope, the whole nine yards. Oh, yes, but Billy Graham's led so many to the Lord and all these other things. Well, you know, again, what is Billy Graham doing behind the scenes? Do you know Billy Graham endorsed, endorsed Hillary Clinton for the next president? If he was, you know, if he was functional right now, he'd be 
up there. He said that Bill would make a wonderful evangelist, Bill Clinton. And he said Hillary Clinton would make a wonderful president. A lot of biblical precedent for that. The wicked witch of the West ruling over us. But it was okay for Billy. But anyway, uh, listen to that teaching if, you, if you'd like to know more about that subject. But Mr. White has been the secret force behind some of Billy Graham's best-known books, including Billy Graham's prophetic bestseller, The Approaching Hoofbeats. Indeed, White once even closeted himself in the luxurious condo for weeks with the famed evangelist Billy Graham down in Acapulco, Mexico, for writing a book. They were together in a condo for weeks writing a book. Talk about not fleeing all appearance of evil. I'm not saying he did anything with the guy or anything, but I'm just saying. That's, uh, anyway. So, however, you'll search in vain to find another of Mel White's names on either the cover or the title page of any of the books he ever wrote for Billy Graham, nor is Mel White's name openly connected with Jerry Falwell. It is important, White now reveals, that Jerry Falwell not be scandalized because his biographer was a queer. End of quote. That's what Mel White said. They call themselves queers. You know Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? The, that show that was on uh, whatever? About those five gay guys going around critiquing everybody the way they dressed? Oh, that's what I want. I want some, some queer guy critiquing me. But no, that's, uh, that's what he said. He admits it. He admits the fact that he's a homosexual ghostwriting biographer for Jerry Falwell. He didn't want Jerry Falwell to be scandalized. Why? Because they'd lose money. Ghostwriter, the ghostwriter White also wrote Pat Robertson's book, America's Date with Destiny. Pat Robertson. <laughs> he wrote for Billy Graham, Pat Robinson, Jerry Falwell, Pretty good pedigree. I'm saying that facetiously. Uh, so he wrote Pat Robertson's book, America's Date with Destiny, but the gay reverend is not the only ghost writer whom the veteran host of the TV of TV 700 Club has now used for his chart-topping books. Reportedly, Robertson recently, um, Robertson's recent Number one Christian bestseller, The New World Order, was also ghostwritten by a CBN staffer. I believe that stands for Christian Broadcasting Network. This is common practice. Common practice. In The New World Order, Pat Robinson correctly warns readers that Freemasonry is evil and is part of the Luciferian conspiracy. Yet, incredibly... Robertson's Christian Coalition subsequently held a road to victory in 1993. This conference was in Washington, D.C., at which high-level Freemasons gave the keynote addresses. So in this book that was ghostwritten for him, he's condemning the Freemasons as part of the Luciferian conspiracy. But in 1993, he turns around and he has a conference at which high-level Freemasons gave the keynote address. What gives? Pat Robertson's guest speakers at the conference included Senator Bob Dole, who was a 33rd degree Freemason, and Senator Jesse Helms, yet another 33rd degree Mason. Pat Robertson's book, The New World Order, also fingered the Council of Foreign Relations as Satan-led in a conspiratorial project. But, at his Road to Victory uh, conference in 1993, Robertson's keynote speaker was none other than Congressman Newt Gingrich. 
The One World Gingrich, the One World or Newt Gingrich, just happens to be a loyal member of the same group that Pat Robinson's book exposes as devilish because he's a CFR member, Council of Foreign Relations. The title of Gingrich's speech for the Christian Coalition Conference was renewing, was renewing American Civilization. So, we are thus faced with these two alternatives. Number one, either Pat Robinson did not even bother to read his own book, which is probably the case. He didn't even read his own, his own book, which was ghostwritten, called The New World Order, that sports his celebrity name as the author on its glossy cover, or, two, he allowed his name to be placed on a book, the contents of which he does not even believe in. He probably didn't even read it. You know, maybe he did. Maybe they're fully aware of all this. They, they, but see, like I said, they're getting more and more flagrant. It's almost as though the New World Order people, who are, who are just as in control of pseudo-Christianity as they are any other faction or function of this world, one world, New World Order that we're moving into, it's almost as though they just do these flagrant things to see how, for the most part, how brain-dead the, quote, pseudo-Christian masses have become. They're like, listen, we'll we'll do this, and they won't even they won't even pay attention. Not many people will. Tex Mars caught this. So, can we trust Christian publishers? My investigation of the Christian book world has uncovered the disgusting fact that the majority of books supposedly offered by famous Christian personalities are, in fact, the product of ghostwriters. Both novels and nonfiction books are involved. Sometimes the real writer is recognized in the acknowledgement section or elsewhere in the book, but most often he or she is not. Some celebrities, such as Chuck Colson, write their books with an unknown collaborator. In such cases, the ghostwriter's name is occasionally shown on the front cover in small, unassuming type. But shouldn't the cover jacket of these books have a warning label or notice revealing what percentage of the book was actually written by Colson, and what percentage of the book was written by his lesser-known co-writer? Who writes the books? Who writes Colson's books? Him or his collaborator? Whose ideas do his books reflect? The book writer also deserves to be told some type, some facts about the ghostwriter and the co-writer, so that these Mel White-type incidents are minimized. Now, Mel White was the guy we originally talked about, the homosexual activist who started Soul Force. For example, a woman named Ellen... Santilli Vaughn is listed as a co-writer on many of Chuck Colson's best-selling books, including his ecumenical-oriented book, The Body. Now, when you hear that word ecumenical-oriented, that means like the push for ecumenicism into the one-world religion, particularly as the world religions are going to come underneath the Catholic Church. So what is this, um, this book, whose ghost written by Ellen Santilli Vaughn, this, this, this Chuck Colson's best-selling book called The Body, what is her background? Is she a Christian, a Catholic, a Protestant, a New Ager? How much of the contents of the philosophy of Chuck Colson's books is Mrs. Vaughn responsible for? Well, you'll never know. You'll never know. Another prime example is the prophecy teacher, Hal Lindsey. Very few people know that Lindsey's mammoth bestseller, The Late Great Planet Earth, was actually written by a woman, Carla Colson. I mean, that's one of the most famous Christian books around, I think, from what I've heard. I've never read it, but... To his credit, Lindsay has publicly admitted this, at least. The question remains, however, who's Carla Carlson? Why is she involved in writing Lindsay's book? Why is her name not highlighted on the cover? 
in bold letters. Now, again, you have the, the whole thing of the female headship thing here coming into play as well. This is a book that both men and women are reading, and you have this supposed uh, author. We don't know what her background is. We don't even know if she's a Christian, and she's writing Hal Lindsey's book, and she's influencing all these millions of both men and women. Totally unbiblical. She's acting in no different role than a, than a Christian pastor, in a way, if you think about it. I mean, people, I, I know that book is one of the most famous ever written in Christian circles. And then finally, are all of Hal Lindsey's books uh, similarly written by unknown ghostwriters? It is a shameful, but such a vital basic information. It is shameful that such vital and basic information is withheld from the book buyer. Shouldn't truth in packaging rules apply to publishing the way they do other consumer product industries? Anything less would, would be a scam. You know, would be a scam. But again, where are the Christian standards in all of this? This is pure deception. You're, 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 you're selling books through deception. And yet you're calling yourself a Christian. Why? In order to build your name up and make money. The love of money is the root of all evil. That which is highly esteemed among man is an abomination in the sight of God. So, how do you make a bundle from ghost-written books? text goes on to say, now please understand, I do realize that in a few cases it is perfectly acceptable for a talented professional writer to work with an expert or authority on a technical subject. An engineer, a medical doctor, a dietitian, a scientist, researcher may find it expedient to work with a writer, but in such cases it is the expert who has the original concept for the book. He dictates most of the text, and the book is based solely upon his knowledge, ideas, work, and research. This is rarely the case with celebrity Christian authors, though. Publishers are continually searching for hot new topics for books that they can make them a lot of money. Usually they are not celebrity. Usually they, not the celebrity, choose a title for the book and only then contact and recruit the chosen celebrity. See, in other words, they just predetermine this. They contact the celebrity so he'll put his name on it and then they have the ghostwriter write the book. Pure lies and deception. Publishers have been known to hire entire teams of writers and researchers to produce books. Often the greedy celebrity author merely gives the finished product a cursory look over and adds to a verbal blessing to the project. With the celebrity, the celebrity is pleased because he knows he will make a bundle of money with only minimal effort on his part. His name goes on the cover and millions of Christian buyers are deceived into believing the celebrity, inspired by God, personally wrote every word of the book. It thus becomes crystal clear why publishers and celebrity authors conspire to produce these ghost-written books. The reason is simple. Money. A best-selling hardcover book with a glittery name of Graham, Robertson, Colson, or Lindsay on the cover can bring in five to ten millions, five to ten million dollars in profit. Or more. That's a lot of money. The celebrity author also profits. He can now rake in as much as two million dollars per book. No wonder the rush is on for publishers to create constantly new, mostly fluffy titles to line up with their ghostwriters with the name celebrities known to be guaranteed moneymakers in a Christian marketplace. I, I, I can't even stand going into Christian bookstores. They make me want to vomit. There is so much evil from, the, from all the Christian rock that they've got in there, from all their false Bible perversions, from all the ways they're trying to brainwash little children, 
from all these man-made titles of these, of these supposed Christian writers that I don't believe in one of them are right with God. None of them are following the Bible. Not in any of these modern day ones. It's an abomination. It really is. They're, using, they're making merchandise of the things of God. It's like when Jesus went into the um, temple and he, and he overturned the money changers' tables. You've turned my house, of, the house of God, into a den, uh, you know, den of merchandise. Essentially, they're trying to profiteer off everything having to do or relate to Christianity or Jesus Christ. The the I tried to tell a Christian bookstore this locally, and um, it was a uh, it was a Spanish Christian bookstore. He had a, he had a, he had English stuff in there, but. He ended up buying a local Christian bookstore, the, the largest one in my area. And the person, I believe the person that owned it, committed suicide. And then he ended up buying it. And I mean, I, I had given him all kind of information. He ignored all of it. All about, I started with the false Bible versions, because I think that's foundational. He ignored it. They, ignored, they don't care. They're just, they're just in it for the money. They don't care. They can talk God all day long. They can tell me how wonderful they are spiritual, how they're doing God's work. Give me a break. Doing the devil's work. I thought I thought it kind of telling that the actual person or, or somebody closely connected with it committed suicide. That was one of the reasons they sold. If they're, if they're in God's in, in such perfect will of God, why'd they commit suicide? <laughs> Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Maybe the guilt got to them. I don't know. So, what's to be done about the lucrative yet unethical and dishonest practice of ghost-writing Christian books? I believe, believe it is time for some truth-telling. Thomas Nelson, Word, and all the other wealthy conglomerates who disguise themselves as Christian publishers. Oh, hold on, we forgot about Zondervan. We don't want to forget about Zondervan. I've talked about this in recent weeks. Zondervan, who is owned by parent company HarperCollins, who is owned by Rupert Murdoch, who is one of the largest mass pornographers worldwide, one of the most evil men on the planet, it's well known, even in the secular world, how evil that man is. He owns Harper College, Harper Collins, who publishes books like the Satanic Bible and all these gay how-to manuals. That's the parent company of Zondervan. Zondervan's the one that, that has the, uh, the rights to the NIV Bible, New International per Perversion, with over 64,000 words missing. And they, they produce all kinds of supposed Christian books. You know, just do the math. He's saying that these that these companies should step up to the plate and give us a list of which books have been written by ghosts, ghost writers, and at least the ones that were penned by the authors listed on their covers. That's the least they should do to come clean. Better yet, they should these greedy publishing houses. And their celebrity stablemates should quit trying to fatten their coffers and make bucks off gullible Christian readers. But the Bible says my people love to have it so. So, you know, it's because there's no outcry, there's no protesting, for the most part. There's a few voices crying out in the wilderness, but there's not very many. Because it's not popular. Nobody wants to rock the boat, nobody, you know... And then he's saying they should cease publishing these ghost-written books altogether. It's just not going to happen, though. They're making way too much money. And remember, God said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that he is going to be the one that sends the strong delusion that they will all believe a lie, that they might be damned who receive not the love of the truth. Now, what does Jesus say? Jesus says, 
If you continue in my word, meaning the word of God, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, the truth makes you free. Lies put you in bondage. So anyway, that's uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll go to the third part of our study now. And may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.